You're listening to the Effective Statistician Podcast, the weekly podcast with Alexander Schacht, Benjamin Pieske and Sam Gardner, designed to help you reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. Today we are talking about my experience as a statistician in a due diligence project. And if you don't know what that is, stay tuned. It's really, really awesome and interesting and maybe a great opportunity for you in the future as well. I'm producing this podcast in association with PSI, a community dedicated to leading and promoting the use of statistics within the healthcare industry for the benefit of patients. Join PSI today to further develop your statistical capabilities with access to the video-on-demand content library, free registration to all PSI webinars, and much, much more. The reduced rate is only £20 for non income countries and 95 pounds for high income countries. Head over to the PSI website at psiweb.org to learn more about PSI activities and become a PSI member today. Welcome to a new episode. Today I'm talking again with my good friend Benjamin. How are you doing? Thank you very well, Alex. Yeah, it's been a while. We've been uh chatting occasionally but only the two of us has been a while yeah yeah and today we talk about a really interesting experience i once had and was very very special it was a so-called due diligence project and when i first heard about it i said due diligence what's what's due diligence it's just kind of well i'm always diligent on things. So, so um, what's so special about it? And then I learned that this term is especially used when there is a new, bigger business opportunity. So like when you buy a small company or if you buy a product or if you want to a partner on a product or these type of things where, you know, there's usually quite some money involved and you want to make sure for your business that it is the right decision. So, and that's why there is these due diligence projects. The company I was working in at the time had a two-step process, so at, or at least two steps. The first was kind of a high-level review, and uh, that included kind of yeah, more kind of a couple of people and a couple of hours to, to look more generally into, at that time, compound. And then thereafter was an um, deep dive um, to make sure that there's a really thorough review of everything around the, the product. That's where I got pulled in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds, sounds interesting. So it's, it's really about like more like a project wise, as you said. I mean, diligence is something that we all know, um, or should be known. And, and it's really like that we, that we now talk about a little bit like a, a bigger complex project i mean if it's a easy task obviously we probably wouldn't need a special strategy but so i mean when when you said about buying like a small company and and so on so 
is it then that the statisticians really need this process? Yeah, it's it was really interesting. So when you buy a product, yeah, in a certain stage of development, yeah. So I think at that time it was within phase two, yeah. And you look then into everything that they have, then of course you also need a statistician to understand the data very well. Yeah. What's yeah. the quality of the data? What is the, you know, how confident are you? What are the, how is the clinical plan looking like? Is that something that is feasible? Are there things that can be improved, changed? Is what's the probability of success? Is that well, well estimated or are there any kind of, you know, limitations or maybe also strengths in the data? Yeah. So are there features that makes us product really compelling or are there things in there where you think like hmm that more looks like a dead horse so that's the part about it and it was an awesome experience because it was a quite big team i think it were 20 30 people involved from the buyer side across all the different areas yeah so safety, medical, pharmacology, CMC people, all kind of different functions led by project manager that was coming from this business development area. All these people were handpicked and highly regarded experts in their field. So really kind of an A-team. <laughs> so lots of awesome people. Yeah. So, you know, when you work in a usual kind of study team, yeah, you have some more experienced, some less experienced people, some, you know, outstanding people, some mediocre people, you know, you have, you know, always kind of a wild mixture. Yeah? Yeah, really, yeah. But in that sense, you know, you only had people that really know their stuff. Yeah. yeah. Whereas a senior management, trusted them, okay, if Fred is saying that, then that's right. Yeah. Usually, I mean, people feel quite comfortable in the in the working environment and have people that they know how to deal with, et cetera. But really having hand-picked experts to collaborate with on a, on a quite important piece of work, that's probably outstanding. That is for your experience probably very special, but however, that's not the standard, you know, um, the basis for due diligence. It's more like when you describe yeah. how, you, how your experience was. So, but how did you guys then prepare? I mean, every, did everyone got to get a, like a handout on, you know, on the, on the process on due diligence or was it that, that you guys sit together and, and discussed it and, and, and figured out the, the way of, um, you know, get, getting to the problem and, and, you know, finding the finding the solution or an answer together. Also, how did it work then? So, so actually, it started with um, training on the process and especially all the protection around it. So these projects are highly confidential. Yeah. So my only my, my supervisor, for example, only knew that I'm working on a due diligence project, but he had no clue what that project especially entails. Yeah. 
which company that would be, which product that would be, all these were completely secret. Yeah. And also my step supervisor didn't know. It was only the VP mm-hmm. that knew about that and, and the details. And my also, you know, all the detailed uh, discussions were only with the VP. Yeah. It, it was so secret that there was even an incident when our AA booked the flight and it leaked that where I'm flying to, to my supervisor for, for approval reasons. Yeah. That was, oh, that shouldn't have happened and, and things like that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's really, really a lot of secrecy around it because, of course, you don't want to have any leaks that you're interested in this product or this compound in, in this company to have any others jump on that potential opportunity. But also I think for the, for the project itself, I mean, for your diligence project, it's more that also if, you know, if you find out any, or if there's leaking any, any information through, you know, there would be, would be potentially information spread that might lead to incorrect conclusions. So yep. in, in whatever way it is, I mean, if it's by accident or if it's just, you know, aimed for failing. Yeah. Yeah. And so we first got a lot of documents. Yeah. There was a internal special storage where all these documents were put and then we could review them, put comments into it, had a couple of discussion rounds virtually because the people included were from all over the globe. And then we had a meeting with the company and that lasted over about a week. So every day we would have usually kind of a a start meeting with everybody together, then also including the the counterparts from the company. Then we would have interviews with various people in the company, would get together again to kind of speak about our findings, to share what we saw, any, you know, news, collaborated with each other and thought, okay, if there's this finding, then we also need to look into that one. If there's, you know, that strength, we also, you know, need to check on, on a couple of other things. Because, of course, everything is kind of mm. connected to the everything. Yeah, so it says, well, if we, if the, the upper dose looks promising from a efficacy side point, then someone asks, oh, is it, is it safe? How would it have an impact on the formulation? You know, what is that possible? Or, you know, is then the pill maybe too big or whatsoever? Yeah, it says all kind of different connections. So we were constantly looking into these and, you know, moving around backwards, forwards, documenting all our, all our findings. Yeah. And also doing kind of alternative calculations. Yeah, looking into the data, seeing kind of okay, if 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 we put a different assumption, how would how would that look like? Yeah, is the sample size calculation for for the next study? Is that does that make sense? Yeah, or should it be bigger? Or you know, is the does it conform with the data that we need for for an approval? Yeah, so we were also checking against regulatory guidelines. And uh, whether that makes sense. So until now, it sounds more like a very interesting because of the, you know, especially the the secret 
you know the, the boundary boundaries that you have from the um, from the from the protection side but also like more like a very deep project with a lot of experts but like a general project so i mean you meet you do the you know preparation and then you know to discuss you ask questions go back and forth it's kind of a you know it's more like could could be the fda rather than the different company so what is it then in in this in this case of due diligence what what is it that made this the approach yeah. to that project is so different so i think first it's you get a really intense view on all the data in a very short period of time yeah so how do you manage this i mean there must be something yeah you basically you know everybody blocked off time for that yeah every other project were kind of pushed pushed aside you needed to delegate things you know there was not like anything like yeah but i have this meeting no mm. you don't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I need to go to, to that meeting. No, you don't. This has top priorities. There's nothing else that is more important. And so, you know, having that is, is feels really, really cool because you're not distracted by anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course, you could check your emails in the morning in, in the hotel or things like that. But during the day, there's only one thing that you're working on. And that made a lot of fun, yeah? yeah, working with experts, diving deep into this. Then also the close collaboration with uh, very senior people, yeah? Uh, so everybody was asked to then network the findings with, with their most senior people and then up the chain, yeah? So you had then discussions with uh, very, very senior people in the company about, okay, what are here the pros and cons? What could be done, done differently? How big is the opportunity? How big is the uncertainty? That also gave you a lot of exposure to these people. And mm -hmm. of course, this exposure is immensely helpful when it comes to maybe getting a new opportunity at work or getting the next promotion or things like that. Yeah. These type of projects give you a huge opportunity to shine. And so if you ever have the opportunity to get into something like this, jump on it. It's yeah. first, it's a recognition for what you have done. Yeah. For your expertise. And so see it as that one and also see it as a huge opportunity for further growth. Yeah, if you deliver here very well and there's lots of good feedback and your VP is impressed and even maybe, you know, potentially the, the supervisor of your VP, maybe even the CEO is included. Yeah. Then that can be only good if you perform well. Mm. No, that's true. I think that's, that is something you always should, I mean, we discussed this in, with, with regards to other topics, like of networking, et cetera. So how do, and this is like an excellent opportunity to shine, as you said. So yeah. Very good. Yeah. So we talked today about this due diligence project and what it actually is, is, you know, looking into this business developments, you know, maybe if you're working for smaller company, maybe you're sitting on the other side, yeah, and you're trying to sell your product or you're trying to make it look attractive, 
Yeah. On either side, it's an awesome opportunity. It's a lot of fun. It's really intense, but it's a lot of fun because you work with great people. They know their stuff. They are all experts. And there's very usually because everybody knows, you know, everybody here is an, a stellar person. There's not a lot of ego involved because, well, give and take. And it's a really great opportunity to shine and to further progress. Excellent. Sounds very really good. This show was created in association with PSI. Thanks to Rain, who helps with the show in the background, and thank you for listening. Head over to theeffectivestatistician.com to find the show notes and learn more about our podcast to boost your career as a statistician in the health sector. Reach your potential, lead great science, and serve patients. Just be an effective statistician. Thank you.